Welcome to the 5G Techritory podcast, where we will explore the hottest topics in 5G with some of the industry's leading minds. After the countdown, 3, 2, 1, we are back. And speaking about counting, dear friends, I was actually today counting till the time till I will hear one of the keywords, a very trendy keyword, metaverse. And to be honest, it took me some time. It wasn't mentioned straight away in the first discussion. But without a doubt, metaverse is the buzzword all around everywhere now. You can't turn on, turn on any channel without hearing this uh, really buzzword at the moment. And 5G Techretary will not be an exception. That's why we're going to talk about XR and the metaverse. And the question to you is which XR application will be most important for the metaverse? Is it the AR, the VR? collaborative reality, or all of the above-mentioned ones. This and many more will be discussed in the next discussion, and I'm thrilled that the moderator of this discussion is right here in Riga, next to me on the stage. And uh, before I announce him, I would love him to explain also one thing, what the metaverse actually is, because we have heard and read so many different descriptions, dozens and dozens of descriptions. So, let me ask Marius Nikolaou, the 5G Technology Program Director, Marius, what do you think what the metaverse actually is? Uh, I wouldn't dare to even try, since we have some of the world's experts here to actually tell us ourselves. So um, we are very excited today to, uh, to welcome three, three esteemed speakers. The, the title of, of the session today is XR and the Metaverse. We are 5G Territory recognized early the importance of the blending of the real with the digital world. We understood that this will require very high processing capacity at the edge, and that's where 5G comes in. And without further ado, let me introduce our esteemed panelists. Mika Luimila, Research uh, uh, Director of the University of Turku in Finland. Uh, David, nice David uh, where McCall. Business Development Manager of Epic Games, and Nicholas Wern, the CEO of Winio. Welcome. Thank you so much. Hi, Hi everyone. So, I will extend the same questions to all of you since you come from different backgrounds. We have academia here, we have private sector, and we even have gaming which is, I, I think, probably a first for such an event that how we're organizing here now. So welcome to all of you. Um, therefore, the first question is, please take some time to explain to us a little bit about your work, how XR relates to your work, uh, how the metaverse is evolving at this moment, and then some of the benefits and challenges. Mika? Okay, hello everyone. So I'm Mikael Wimla from Turku University of Applied Sciences. Uh, I'm leading our Fit Turku Competence Center, and uh, we we have invested a lot in in XR technologies. For example, various uh, XR1, XR3 devices. What can we do with with those devices? So imagine that uh, okay, you have a camera system in in your device, but uh, you can overlay digital content on on top of that. Uh, what we can do with that, uh, we can, for example, develop uh, uh, virtual or mixed or ex uh, extended reality applications for fire safety, for example, so that you can see uh, 
digital environment, but maybe the, the real fire extinguisher bottle with, with you from where you can uh, release the, the pin, etc. cetera. Uh, about uh, towards metaverse concept, uh, we are, for example, now using these uh, teleconferencing systems. So we have organized quite many social events, conferences, exhibitions just lately. And uh, that, that's something what we feel that uh, we are touching the metaverse, but it, it's not yet there because, uh, for example, these two examples, what, what I, I, I now highlighted, we believe that we should combine those things together and uh, maybe also something extra, but, but maybe I will reveal that a bit later. Thank you very much, Mika. Um, David, now your turn, please, the, the previous question, uh, but also, I mean, give us a little bit of a flavor also of the gaming world. <laughs> I was yep. blown away to see Ariana Grande within your platform and, and gathering every teenager on the planet. So make it real for us, please. Absolutely. Um, so thank you for having us. And, and you're right, a gaming company is quite a, a kind of weird company to have in conferences like this. Um, my role within Epic Games is actually in the architecture, engineering and construction world. So for those of you who are maybe a little bit unfamiliar, we have this great game engine tool platform called the Unreal Engine. And the Unreal Engine is this toolbox where you can build and create your own experiences, your own immersive, interactive, collaborative um, things, which for us started with games. And so people built, we built our own games, you know, Fortnite, Rocket League uses the Unreal Engine. And we also have built this tool to be used by other game developers to create their own games, their own interactive, immersive experiences. And what we're seeing now is this emergence of industries from games to non-games, where these industries are taking the benefits of decades worth of game development and game knowledge and game technology around how do we unify and bring people together in an immersive world? How do we bring people and connect to them whenever you're not in the same room? So within my world, that's about trying to connect the physical and digital in things and systems in the real world, such as, you know, sensors, information, experiences. So it's a really dynamic space to be in. And I think there's a lot of really interesting things that the rest of the industries are learning and teaching each other based on what the games have been doing for the last couple of decades. Because um, if we look at what, you know, XR is, and if we look at what this kind of future idea of a metaverse is, everyone's talking about these immersive virtual spaces and these storytelling capabilities in a digital world and i think that if you look at the one industry that's been doing this for the longest it's games so it's just a great foothold to sort of um, get started in so that's just a a brief overview of you know exactly why we're here. and our our goal here and just to set this straight at the very beginning you know our goal in this whole metaverse conversation is we're tool providers we are here to give people tools and access to create their 3D content. We're here to enable content creation for everyone and anyone. So whenever and whatever this metaverse sort of ends up being is that you, me, your grand down the street will be able to get involved because we're making those processes as easy as possible. Um, so high level overview and then um, great to be here. Thanks a lot, thanks a lot <laughs> for that. So, Nicolas, I think you're yeah. the most uh, hands-on from the actual field uh, representative today. You're in Sweden, yeah. you work with digital twins and various other <clears throat> things. Please, tell us how the industry is evolving uh, with respect to where we are right now. 
Yeah, thank you so much. It's great to be here. And I think, like, I gotta say, metaverse like five times. Metaverse, 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 metaverse. Just to add to the quota of the metaverse. Uh, I'm basically working around the different industries, background in innovation and strategy, working with smart buildings for seven years, construction. That's how I fell into digital twins the last three years. And I think, you know, I'm just going to touch upon, you know, both what Mika said and what David said in that, you know, the research is happening, of course, in academia, but sometimes, maybe not in Mika's case, because he's phenomenal and I, I love everything that, he, that they're doing, uh, but it's sometimes, you know, far away from what is actually happening at the cutting edge. And then you have David working with Epic and like you said, you know, we're doing really, really cool stuff in the gaming world for a long time. Uh, and my job, you know, as a management consultant, owner of you know, Winio Consulting, helping with digital twin strategies, is to understand everything that goes on, you know, 5G, 60 roadmap ring, high weight, you know, high holographic societies, and understand the tools that exist where, you know, Unreal Engine, 5G, 4G, 3G, 2G, it depends, uh, you know, they need to work together and, you know, often be put together in the right order because the ingredients exist. And I also want to say that what David said uh, on a practical example, that I was talking to um, a smart building expert in Australia, you know, during COVID. And he said, well, yeah, the problem is I can only work in Australia right now. What do you mean? No, I mean, we can't travel anywhere. Well, I have these schools, which I'm running an innovation project. We turned it into the CAD models, into 3D models, and then into Unreal Engine. And, you know, getting IoT data into that, so we're combining Again, like the most modern technologies, we get a real-life digital twin. So I could invite him into that school. You know, he can see everything as it is, more or less, and he can be there from Australia. So from that perspective, like, you know, they were saying, we're already doing, you know, metaverse enablement, but we're also tying it back to reality, which is not always the case with the metaverse. But I think, you know, that's how it can be used for good and to, you know, get the ingredients done in the right order and to bring in people across the world to look at the specific problems and many problems and to solve that together. That for me is, you know, the benefits and the, the beauty of the metaverse, not just in a gaming capacity, but actually, you know, using it for good. Thank you very much. Thanks, thanks to all three of you. Let's now move towards the future. And the future can be three years or it can be 10 years or it can be more. Um, I think it's worth for us to just take a moment and try to predict where this is going because it's promising. Everybody understands that if we have this, we will be able to do much more, blend realities, and, and then obviously have much more information, but at the same time be able to have a completely different experience. So no wonder everybody is jumping on the wagon of, of the metaverse. Therefore, I kindly ask you guys to look a little bit, maybe give us the short-term view and then a little bit the longer-term view, however hard that is. Uh, let's give it a shot. Mika. Okay. My, my vision about metaverse is, is some kind of, of uh, equation that uh, metaverse is equal to social communication plus uh, hands-on training or hands-on experiencing, depending on, on the domain and, and what you are doing plus uh, digital twins. So that, that's the combination. And uh, it, it's a mixer of, of uh, different type of, of platforms, uh, PC, AR, VR, XR, MR devices, plus in some cases also even uh, mobile phones or, or some simi uh, similar type of, of devices with uh, limited resources. So it, it's still hard to imagine what that will in, in total be, but uh, let's give an example that uh, Facebook, 
they are believing that they can make uh, on metaverse in five to 15 years. So should we actually know it immediately here? But uh, based on what, what I learned, this is uh, our vision. I believe that we can, we can do it. Uh, it, it doesn't uh, take 10 years or five years to, to make it happen. But uh, this is pretty much my, my, my approach. Thanks a lot. Uh, David, what do you think? Yeah, um, I mean, it's a really interesting um, space at the moment. So in the short term, um, you brought this up um, actually at the very beginning. You know, I think the, the most important part is setting the, the kind of foundations and setting the framework for technology to be able to go in the direction that it needs to in the future. Um, and here at Epic, we do this in a number of different ways. You know, you mentioned Ariana Grande. Um, last year, we um, worked with Travis Scott and, and hosted this virtual conference. And the ideas behind them were how many people concurrently could we bring into a space to enjoy a singular event? And we use Fortnite as a way, again, of testing technology and testing not just our systems, but web deployment platforms, internet capabilities to see where the edges of the conversation are. We obviously know with you know simple forms of, of sort of interacting with people through you know text-based things like social media, that can cater to the millions to billions. But whenever you're looking for that closer connection, there's an infrastructure that needs to be in place to even come close to offering what a few metaverse that everyone's sort of pitching will contain. So for us, what's important is getting those foundational blocks set in place. And I mentioned this earlier on whenever I said we're we're all about content and, and tool creation at the moment, trying to make sure that the foundation blocks to get yourself or represent yourself or, or bring your building or bring your fashion, your, your hoodie or a product you want to sell into a virtual space as streamlined as possible. And then the next step is looking at the things like the hardware and, and the, the kind of digital side to see if that's in place. So, you know, the obvious one is, you know, is VR and XR ready for the metaverse? is the the kind of streaming capabilities ready for the metaverse these questions or the answers to these questions i don't have but you know i, I think that we're we're all looking at this very sort of 10 15 year um, vision where you know this digital reality coexists alongside the physical one and there's these great connectors to the real space and and i think there's lots of things we need to do to get there and you know, what I love about, you know, what everyone said here, and we, the word digital twins falling into the conversation more than it should without it being the topic of today's conversation. <laughs> but that idea that, you know, you need to be able to create this bridge between physical and digital, that's another foundational block for where we want to get to. So no doubt the metaverse will be sort of this immersive, inclusive digital space. Um, I think that in the short term, we have some very real and immediate things that we need to answer and build towards. And, and that's what's exciting to me, is making sure that they're done correctly and they're proven out to then help shape what that 10 to 15 year vision is going to be. Because we're basing our vision of the metaverse now on the technology now, which is not how we should be doing it. We should be facing yeah. the future of the metaverse based on where technology is going to be in five years time. And it's great, you know, speaking with everyone here to kind of see what that vision can be. Yeah. No, I, I think it's my turn, so I'll, I'll don't, I don't wait for a queue. Uh, and I think, you know, I want to, you know, step take back a little bit. And I think, you know, it's again, you know, following on what, you know, the previous speakers said, but also, you know, not just look at where the technology will be in five to 10 years, but where will the actual world be in five to 10 years? 
you know, that's my driving force, to be honest. We got climate change, we got, you know, more transparency that we need to do. We need to solve problems faster and better. And that's exactly what I think, you know, these kind of technologies can do. You know, bring people around a shared reality. It doesn't have to be concurrent, you know, all the time, but it definitely should be something, again, you know, that for me is the outcome that we're looking for. You know, what is the problem that we're solving? You know, then technology, whatever that might be, uh, you know, graph-based something, you know, XR, metaverse, it doesn't really matter for me. I just take the most modern tools to solve ancient problems in the right order. And for me, you know, making smart decisions faster, irrespective of space and time. I mean, I usually, I mean, we're creating a new website right now where we say that we help people with, you know, teleportation and tra time travel, because that's exactly what it is. You know, we can fold space and time. I can scan my apartment or a tree or a city and then we can take that into the metaverse and invite people to collaborate with us with every problem that we have. And again, it's also about knowledge sharing and knowledge transfer. So I think you know, the problem that I want to solve is not you know, necessarily from the gaming, you know, escape from reality and do something that is great, but actually escape almost you know, like from reality into reality so that you can again like solve these problems. And I think it's perfect uh, you know, what it's, this is happening. But if this is going to take five to 10 years, I don't think necessarily we have that amount of time to wait. And I know for a fact that, you know, there are exponential things happening with, you know, hardware, you know, chipset manufacturing. So we can do things, you know, 10, 100 times faster. When all of this aligns, which I'm going to sure, uh, make sure that these align, that's when we're going to do things, you know, much, much better, much, much faster together. And we're going to be able to share this uh, in the metaverse. But it's again, could be something, of course, for the physical world as well. That's that's my ambition, at least. So I think it's a combination of knowing what tools to use, but also again, not just staring at technology, but staring at you know the world we we have and the world where we want to have. To be honest. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Um, let me let me just take a second and give the view because uh, from 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 our technologist perspective on the telecommunication side, because we do feel the responsibility since you we see you guys working, but you know, your glasses are too big, they're a little clunky, the efforts that have been made to make them, they, they still look dorky. Um, and I think that our role is to completely remove the almost all processing power from the glasses and transport it to the edge of the network. That sounds easy, but it's actually not the easiest thing to do because we need to actually bring the network very as closer to you as possible so that yeah. we can then absorb all the uh, electronics and then put it there. And when you're talking 3D video and of course all these like VR worlds that you guys are creating, uh, you're talking tremendous rendering requirements, right? Mm. So I just want to uh, assure everybody that I think this is a wonderful space. If you're a new student or, or a new researcher, this, this collaboration of the, of the VR and the XR with the network, I think it's a fantastic uh, place to get into. Let's move now a little bit to the ethics, if you guys don't mind. Because I get a lot, <laughs> whenever I describe it, the, the second question I usually get, the first one is, what is the metaverse? The second one is like, oh my god, are you guys going to destroy the world? Um, so I'd like to first take a view from each one of you guys on essentially how do we ensure that things r remain real? that we don't remove completely people out of reality because uh, already there are people who are 
have a tendency to do that. So what are the risks with respect to reality and digitality and, and, and the way forward? Let's start with you again, Mika. Yeah, I, I have seen that uh, the use of, of uh, mobile phones, uh, it, it's uh, really difficult, especially among uh, small kids when, when, when you are in the age that uh, you should uh, learn social skills and a and, and lot of other, other things from, from your parents. And, and if parents are all the time just uh, watching mobile phones and so on, so, so that, that's not uh, what, what should happen again. So it, it, it's good that we are now discussing about these uh, design principles. But uh, on the other hand, I believe that uh, Metaverse will be something that uh, it will be actually more interactive, we have better possibilities to do social communication there than with, with existing devices. And, and uh, I believe that also because it, it's immersive, I, I hope that we are not taking people away from uh, social functioning, but we are going to bring again more, more live way to be available with, with friends and, and, and with, with other people. So. I don't know where I'm able to, to give any, any answers, but uh, I, I can identify this, this uh, challenge and problem and it, it would be a disaster that if we are going to repeat the same mistakes what, what we have made with, with uh, mobile phones and so on. Thanks a lot, w wonderful. Yeah. And you know, David, you guys, are being, <laughs> you, know, you guys are being blamed on that front a little I bit. I was about to say, I feel very attacked. <laughs> you know, from including uh, friends of mine, by the way. H however, just to give a, a, a prompt to you, I believe and I've seen it that we live in different neighborhoods now that are not so safe. They're not how we, they used to be when we were growing up. Uh, and, and I believe and I've seen it hands on that you guys create almost like new neighborhoods. The kids are the same. They just go in a new, in a new place. They're safer. I know where they are. And I, frankly, I like it. So take it away. I think I'm going to offer quite a controversial view here um, and suggest that this kind of immersion of, of kind of digital together or digital playing more of a part in the kind of way that we interact, it, it's going to be different, but it might not be bad. You know, I, and I say this, you know, I, I don't feel like I'm, I'm sort of old yet, but I do say I grew up in a generation where my eyes were fixed to the screen and I was glued to a phone whenever I was growing up. And I learned to communicate that way and communicate effectively in that manner. And if you look at kids, and I mentioned the sort of kids, um, which we joked about at the beginning, but we have, you know, even in Fortnite, I think we got about you know 500 million plus um, people using Fortnite at the moment. This is the next generation of people coming and entering the job space. This is the next generation of people who are yeah. most likely going to enter the job space around a metaverse. This is a generation of people who have grown up and become very, very efficient and already are efficient at communicating in a virtual space, about developing friendships in a virtual space, about not just going in and playing games, but things like yeah. you know, Minecraft and, and Fortnite Creative and all of these things are about going in and socializing and having a conversation. So I do think it's going to be very different. And I think this is maybe one of the ways that we sometimes limit ourselves whenever we see technology and we think, oh, well, they're going to lose some of the fundamental things that we had whenever we were younger. And it's a very real fear to have because essentially it's the fear of the unknown. But what you have is potentially is this society is going to grow up different and they'll be able 
to handle. I, I, I'm going to cast us back to the start of um, COVID, actually, and say whenever Zoom started, this was a whole new world for everyone. People hated it. People were desperate to get back into a room with people to communicate and talk to them. And what we've seen over the space of a year is we've become very proficient at virtual communication, uh, speaking to each other over Zoom. And that's because we kind of embraced it eventually. And though it will never you know, dominate completely and physical will always have a, a key role, I, I think that we should, can and, and should welcome sort of these digital interactions because it's just a new way of working, which will open up new ways of looking at things, new way of meeting people or new ways of, of you know, expanding your friend horizon. Um, you know, I, you've mentioned the neighborhoods. You're right. Virtual neighborhoods are great. Virtual friends are also great. Like it's it's about being able to connect with someone across the world and yeah. have a conversation with them and just as well as you would potentially someone who is two doors down from you. So, um, yeah, controversial. But the, the ethics side, I am less worried about what this future looks like because I've seen generational acceptance of technology so far and I've seen good things come of it. I've seen bad things as well. I'm not trying to suggest that things like social media and mobile phones have had you know, zero bad impact, but they've also had a lot of good impact. So I think it's just sort of taking from each category and trying to figure out what's the good that's gonna derive from this and what are the pitfalls that we have to avoid. And while we're talking about things to avoid and from an ethics point of view is the number one thing we can do is to make sure that the metaverse is built by lots of different organizations. It's open and it's available. And if you were to imagine this metaverse sort of catastrophe that happens, then you just got to imagine a metaverse that's owned and created by one company. And that's terrifying <laughs> because then they have control. So, you know, uh, I, I think we just have to be very careful about, about that pitfall to get off the <clears throat> and accept that where we want to go is we want to go somewhere together and we want it to be open and we want it to be accessible by everyone. And, and yeah. that is the vision that we see. Wonderful. Nicholas? Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> it's a great answer, David. It seems like you've answered this question before. Uh, but anyway, I, I thought it was a great answer for both of them. And I think, like, again, I bring it a little bit back to digital twins uh, because, you know, we need the enablement layer of 5G. I've done some 5G 6G road mapping as well. Again, you know, we need, network slicing for me is pretty interesting. But also the future where we need to use AI and machine learning to get faster to where we need to go. And I see that in most industries, I work across healthcare, manufacturing, smart buildings, smart cities, you know, national digital twins. And the transparency aspect is really, really fascinating and important. Because now when you're starting to use AI and machine learning, you need more transparency into explaining this stuff, not necessarily to professionals or let's say to industry experts in AI, but to everyone else. You know, policymakers, uh, the ones who are making the rules and regulations. So that's also where I think you know both digital twins and the metaverse can come in uh, for the 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 introduction to explainable AI. Because if we have the reality, and if you can change some algorithm, you can actually see how that affects part of the reality, and you can explain these kind of things, and also do you know 5G, 6G again like road mapping where everything is supposed to be based on reality. I think that's very really 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 important. And from an ethics perspective. I mean, I've seen some scary, uh, it depends on how we see it again, stuff where you combine real-time data from CCTV cameras and from CCTV cameras, even they're on the edge and they're like GDPR compliant, 
um, they actually can, you know, because you see a stick figure, right, in from a CCTV camera. And then, you know, with machine learning, you can interpret this as uh, a, a person, is it a bus, is the person walking, is it moving, are they smiling? And we talked about this on Friday in the Digital Twin Conference, that this is possible today, that you have the overlay of Unreal Engine, and then you have CCTV cameras feeding into Unreal, let's say, or any kind of the gaming platform, and you get a digital twin exactly of that city. Of course, you can build metaverse-enabled mental top, and that will also correspond to the answer what 5G or the telco industry is looking for, you know, because they need to make more money because there are a declining percentage of you know, users and there's less money to be made per user, so they need to make more money per user. But anyway, so if you combine this melting pot of all the different technologies, you can actually you know, look in a city exactly what is happening in a, from a sims environment, but see where the people are moving. And if you add more you know, stuff to the AI, as in, are people happy? Because we can see them smile a lot, or we can see them slouch down, or we can see them fall over, or they're moving in a certain direction. That is you know, fantastic to build you know, participatory dialogue for future smart cities, but it's also a risk when it comes to planning terrorist attacks. It's also a risk when it comes to mining data. It's also a risk because of everything. So I agree you know, 100% with what David was saying, as in, we need to get to the future together, and we need to bring in people from all different aspects into this conversation. Otherwise, it can be extremely, well, dangerous, to be honest. And if, uh, you know, different ages, um, you know, from different, leave what I've seen across, you know, multiple industries, we need reality. And I think that's why Unreal, you know, taking this real aspect and not just metaverse for the sake of escaping reality, but actually improving it. So I think you know all these kind of things in combination uh, is is really important. The ethics, bias, also when it comes to AI, all of these things are, you know, extremely important, of course. And I think we need to do more about in this area together, definitely. Thanks a lot, Nicholas. Just a little thing that your video froze a little bit there, uh, but just uh, you know, if there's something you can do, let's let's talk applications. Yeah. And actually, you 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 gave me a, a lead there right now. To, because I, I, I like thinking applications and let's, let's go for a round and, and see what is your two things. What is your favorite application and what is your favorite sector that will apply this kind of technology uh, and it will be very beneficial. So I'll start with mine just to give, give you guys an example of what I mean. Um, I like the future of cars because we keep talking about headsets but Let's not forget that in a car, we are surrounded by, by windows that could eventually be some kind of transparent screens. And then on these uh, screens, you can superimpose, if you got the right indexing data, you can, you can superimpose so much information and so much kind of uh, interesting, uh, it almost becomes like you know, the next generation browser as, as, you, as you drive along. So that's my favorite application of, of the metaverse. And my favorite sector is maritime. Just because I worked there and I saw how many pe problems these people have with respect to training, but even maintenance. So if a, if a, if a, a part breaks down at the other end of the world, you gotta transport the person and hold the ship there for 10 days. Whereas right now you can just get in with, a, with VR or AR and, and help them, an untrained person to, 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 to do the job. So, Mika, what is your favorite application and, uh, and, and sector? Yeah, I would choose uh, virtual training because, okay, I'm, I'm also senior advisor for a company called ADE, 
and also advisor for XR prisons. So my, my vision is that uh, we could bring in the future, for example, to the desert, virtual training center, it's portable, uh, cabin, lot of devices, uh, headsets inside there. But in the same time, it should be like uh, David was saying, uh, one of the challenges is that we, we, we have to be able to find uh, solutions so that there can be thousands or, or maybe millions of, of users same time in, in that space. So we would not like to bring any coaches or teachers to the desert. They, they can be online the same way like, like we are over here, but much more immersive way. And in the same time, these training centers could be linked together, different part of, of world and people can be in the same training scenarios, having real-time communication to the IoT devices and, and uh, having social functioning whenever needed. And uh, I believe that uh, this way we could, for example, educate uh, millions of people same time. You can be, be for example, in, in that field and, and uh, teachers are able to observe you same way, like maybe in, in Fortnite from helicopter view and just in case someone has any, any problems, there are some uh, visualizations and, and you can dive into as, as a teacher next to this uh, student and help uh, him or her, for example, to release the pin from the fire extinguisher and so on. So maybe that's my favorite thing. Great, great example. Thanks a lot. David? Uh, I have to come from, from a very biased point of view, coming from the architecture, engineering, construction world, is that I, I think that that is probably the industry that, that's got a lot to kind of benefit from it. When you look at what it is that they do as a primary core function, which is express an idea and make it a reality. You know, this is goes beyond sort of trying to link digital and reality. This is where ideas start and where things end up. So I, I think that there's this unique opportunity to actually create the world around us that we live in but in a digital immersive world where you can let's merge all these ideas together you know you can drive down a car down you know a strip in london or, or stockholm and actually see out the window future developments as they're being created as they're being proposed so you can see future skylines and actually have a say in what you think that should look like or, or have a say if you think it's too overbearing or if it's too influential so i think you know they have this huge part to play because you know i think unlike a lot of the other industries they have a part in shaping the real world that we all live in whereas you know if you look at games you look at um you know training and simulation you look at automotive you know they do create some form of physical asset but not quite as powerful and as sort of dominating as the kind of architectural buildings that we all live in um and I love that you mentioned the sort of car with augmented reality windscreens because that's HMIs and that is a full area that we are charging into and full sort of passion, which is great. Um, so yeah, I think we're just going to see a lot more application of let's hear from everyone about how the world around us develops. Let's create a platform where, you know, I live in a small town and I want to know what's happening in my small town. Well, now I can have a say. Yeah. Excellent. Wonderful. Nicholas? <clears throat> Yeah, no, I agree, of course, with everything. I work with self-driving cars and all this kind of stuff as well, so it's super cool. I think it's more about, well, it's not, maybe not more, but it's also going to be a lot per personalized. 
not so much, you know, we're going to have the same reality, but actually we can choose our own reality that we want to live in. And I mean, Mika is working with Varjo, which is one of the coolest companies where they have, you know, totally immersive VR, XR goggles, where you can basically, you know, they feed, they record reality and then you can basically choose whatever you want to see. So if I want to go in, you know, Gothenburg where I live, but I want it to look like Tokyo in set in the 1350s, I can basically superimpose that and it can make all people look like the cookie monster. If, if that's what I would like to do, right? So I think that it's pretty scary and it, you know, creates a kind of, you know, it's not a tale of two cities, but it's a tale of, you know, 1,000, 1 million, 1 billion individual cities that is happening at the same time. Not just in the metaverse, but actually, you know, someone is walking around and you don't know if they're part of your reality or they're part of someone else's reality or something else. So that for me is pretty interesting. But going back to the real world, which we have right now, um, I'm in this innovation project. We've done the metaverse enablement, connected IoT, taking three schools because you want to reduce CO2 reduction and, you know, IoT and, you know, predictive maintenance, well-being, productivity, and do this virtual education possible, everything. But when I talk to the principal, you know, it, that's good when you talk to real people. <laughs> you know, Nicholas, I don't care about the smart, you know, learning, self-learning, smart heating system. What I care about is to have a dialogue. You know, a dialogue with someone else, the technical asset managers, or someone doing the renovation, or the electrical people, whatever that is, where I can explain my reality in a way that they can understand and the way that I can understand. So I think, you know, before IoT, before AI, or maybe at the same time, it has to be something for people uh, of all ages, across all, you know, aspects, not only the ones who are digital natives or have the access to technology, but also the other side of the world where we might not have, you know, the, the need or necessarily the, the, you know, the money to spend on Virgil glasses or even these kind of things. So I think we need to look at also that side of equation uh, where we use, you know, the metaverse. What would that look like for the bottom of the pyramid? Uh, these kind of things as well. But I, I definitely see that everything is possible. We just need to not just, you know, have fun with it, but actually leverage it for good. Uh, that's what I think. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. And, and I think you ended it exactly. We had another one more question, but we don't have time for it. But I, I, will, I okay. will wrap it up exactly where you left it, that as with every technology, especially with this one, we need to ensure that it is inclusive, even for uh, you know, underdeveloped countries or developing countries, and this does not become a luxury item for, for, for the big and, and, and rich countries. So yeah. taking this into consideration, I'd like to really extend a, a warm thanks to you for bringing us all these insights. It's clear that we're just starting to get a glimpse of this future, but we've op opened the curtain. And now we, we're starting to see and it's shiny on the other side and probably uh, it will be exciting future to come. So thanks a lot and thanks to the audience for staying with us and watching this interesting presentation. Cheers. And thank, thank you, you Marius so for... Uh, hosting it in nice such an interesting manner. Gentlemen, once again, really thank you for shining a light on this really interesting topic. What a great and what a very, very trendy, I would say, discussion we had just now here. We also had a short discussion with some uh, participants online. People are sharing their opinions, different opinions, and that's the way it should be. So just to wrap up this very interesting discussion, I would say 
As you've noticed, this edition of 5G Territory is a fidgeter one. So when we ask people what do you like most about it, people are, people are saying that we don't have to leave the home and we can really use all the content not leaving the home. When we ask what is the worst thing about it, people say we have to stay home to use all the content. <laughs> so I guess the answer is the same as with any other thing, that we have to find the balance. We have to find a balance how to uh, really use the best of both realities and how not to ignore any of them. Will 5G Tech 3 uh, sort it out in the next years? I really hope so, that we will see you live here in Riga very soon already, but with a probable uh, 5G territory metaverse. Will it be next year? Not sure. Will it be now? No, because now there's a small commercial break. <laughs>